You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Today's episode is brought to you in part by I'm getting into cryptocurrency trading, but I want to learn a little more about it. So I decided to check out edX, and guess what? They have a course in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, available through one of the many courses they offer online. And the best part is I can choose to audit the class or pursue a verified certificate for it. With edX, you can learn just about anything you want from how to code to learning a foreign language. The breadth of their class selection is honestly mind-boggling. If there's anything you have been wanting to pursue to further your career or knowledge base, and you want to learn from a reputable source, then you have to check out edX. Right now, you can get a 10% discount for signing up on any purchases you make by going to edX.org forward slash nerds. That's edx.org forward slash nerds. Happy learning. Family, faith, secrets. Everything in this world comes full circle. Saving Ruby King by Catherine Adele West is an enthralling story set in the south side of Chicago of a young woman determined to protect her best friend and a deadly secret that threatens to undermine both of their families. Perfect for fans of Britt Bennett, Saving Ruby King is available now in hardcover, ebook, and audiobook. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Angelica, and joining me today is a very good friend of mine. Her name is Jordan. Say hey, Jordan. Hey, how are you? Excited <laughs> <laughs> to be here. Don't laugh at me, okay? It's <laughs> all right. I love the enthusiasm. So Jordan and I have something in common. Um, we used to work together. We're both young Black mothers, so we wanted to talk about that, um, our experiences, how we became mothers. Well, maybe not that part, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? When we have a drink, I might, I, might, I might be open to that conversation. And just, you know, <laughs> our day-to-day struggles, uh, the best parts about being the mom, the worst parts, we're going to talk all about it today on the podcast. So, Jordan, tell me about you. How did you become a mommy? Not the mechanical part, but how did this happen? <laughs> how did this happen? So, I pretty much, um, 
all my life, I've I've always said I want to have kids by the time I'm 30. Like I want to have kids by the time I'm 30. I've I said that forever. I just always thought that was an appropriate time. Mm-hmm. You know, I assumed that at that point I would be married, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so pretty much I I looked up, I was 30 and I was pregnant and I was like, wow, like I really <laughs> spoke this into existence. Um, but yeah, so I'm 30, I have a baby and mm-hmm. I feel like it's something I manifested over time. Yeah. I was at your um gender reveal. Yes, you were. <laughs> so you basically have a new baby. How old is is seven now? That's her son, he by is, the way. Yeah, he's a, a little over eight months. Um, oh. he seems like he's about to go on eight years, but <laughs> he's getting so big so fast. Yeah. Is he walking yet or what's going on with that? So he is actually, he's standing and I know that he is more than capable of walking, but I'm purposely not teaching him how to walk because (laughs) (laughs) he's going to be a problem. Rude. I'm not prepared. I I get it. Um, So my baby's a little bit older than yours. (laughs) She'll be seven this month. And like you, I always wanted to be a mom. Um, Also envisioned being married, but hey, life happens. Um, I had my daughter, Destiny, a little bit bit younger than you. I was 23 and it just was unexpected. But Mm -hmm. I think I've done pretty well for myself considering. So won't take that back. Mm -hmm. Um... But yeah, uh, she's she's pretty self sufficient. Um, obviously, she's walking. <laughs> she's walking, honey. She hit that milestone. <laughs> hit that milestone <laughs> quick. She can make her own cereal. She can make her own sandwiches. She I stays out of my face. Full grown woman, right there. She's a full grown woman at a soon to be seven. So but that says a lot for you as a mom. Um, but like, it's so crazy. Being 23 as a mom, I couldn't imagine being 23 as a mom. Like, have your thoughts and, like, feelings and worries changed, like, from then to now, especially with everything going on? Yeah, I don't know how I did it. I don't Because when I think of 23, I think of a baby. I'm like, oh, they're a baby. Mm-hmm. But I had a baby, so <laughs> it is what it is. Um, well, I did want to talk about something. So we've had a lot going on the last two, three weeks. Let's like put the Corona to the side right now. We'll definitely touch on that. Um, but everything going on with our current climate, uh, I kind of I really started just from being at home, really kind of getting stuck into the news cycle. So first you see what's happening with the Mount Arbery. Um, now we have everything that's going on with George Floyd's death or murder, I should say. Mm-hmm. So how do you take that in considering you're raising a young black boy how 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 does that affect you um to be honest um all my life you know i've never inequality has never sat well with me mm-hmm. um but now that i do have a son a black son this has ignited a fire within me right. um, and it, it's kind of frustrating because i can't like at this point in my life, I can't do much. I feel like I can't do much. Um, mm-hmm. Had 
before seven was here, before my son got here, I would have been protesting. Right. <laughs> I would have been out on the streets. Like I would have definitely been a lot more vocal and active than I am now. But um, with everything that's going on, I just feel like I don't have any control of the outside world. I'm very scared for my child, my family, mm-hmm. uh, my child's father, my father, all the black men in my life. So I don't know. It just seems like more and more every day, this becomes even more of a threat to me and my family. Um, yeah. So it's it's definitely something difficult. I, I knew racism ha- had always existed, but mm-hmm. to see that it's just getting worse and worse is 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 quite depressing. Yeah, and it's more so like I mean, it's always there, but it's this last president kind of gave people (laughs) the courage to come out of the shadows um and with that being said we're more aware so of course we're going to pull out our phones we're going to record and and like you I feel the same way um you know yesterday people were protesting in Wilmington um a good friend of mine and you know her too Misty she was out there on 95 (laughs) shout out to Misty you know protest it and I want like I would have loved to have been able to jump up and be involved but it was like you don't know what's gonna happen you don't know the direction that it'll take I got a kid to look out for something happens to me I'm you know I'm a single mom it's just me and her so -hmm. something happens to me who's gonna I mean her dad's around obviously but you know I'm her primary caregiver so something happens to me what's gonna happen to her um and it just makes you sad. And like you said, it affects you, affects her dad. It affects my brother. It affects my father, my uncles. It's something that's like really sad. And you would hope this far in a game that we wouldn't have to deal with this. We're not, I, you know, I'd, I don't want to have to have the talk with Destiny and tell her mm-hmm. if this happens to you, if you get pulled over or if you're in school and you see a cop, you know, I just don't want to have that conversation with her. I feel like I shouldn't. But you yeah. have to. So definitely have to it seems like awareness is the best thing that we can do and being realistic because I I don't know about you but I personally feel like growing up um I was fed a lot of fairy tales um Mm -hmm. and so it kind of like as I grow up and I see like what's actually going on it's like wow um this this was not my reality as a kid and I don't know if you know my family and my parents just sheltered me from that Mm -hmm. kind of you know I I hate that I'm like why didn't you tell me that this is everything that was going on and we were like I don't know or maybe it was just me getting older and growing more conscious Mm -hmm. but um it's definitely a scary time for us and and I feel like it, it puts me as a woman in a really weird position because like just with my role as a woman um yeah being mother and then being you know a girlfriend so I'm not a wife but it's still a relationship to maintain oh, you yeah. know it still counts it still counts, it still counts. <laughs> and um you know you worry about their protection their safety you know you still want to provide as a mother and as you know that woman in the household and it's just like you don't know what way is up <laughs> what's down what's about yeah. to happen tomorrow it's just very very scary yeah, you want to protect, and sometimes you feel like you can't protect your family against the world and how it's playing out. You know, I'm sure when, you know, if Tone gets in a car somewhere and he just happens to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, mm-hmm. 
things that happen. Same thing goes for mine. Uh, the father of my child, he's been pulled over countless times for no reason. He's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. They just pulled him over just because. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they say something smart or, you know, if, if it gets out of hand or anything like that, that could be the end of them. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do about it. So it's it's a real fear. And trying to shelter the babies from it but it's inevitable you're gonna have to talk about it as they get older because i i don't feel like it's ever going to go away as long as um we're in the minority and as long as um people giving this absorbent amount of power they're always going to abuse it uh so yeah i mean i guess as long as I mean, we don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. <laughs> I mean, with our kids, I feel like it's all about approach. Like, my, my little one is a baby baby. But, mm-hmm. you know, I just try to introduce things in my lifestyle and what I do. So every night we say our prayers or, you know, yeah. I say my prayers for him. But I incorporate, you know, pray for the situation that's going on. Pray for our healthcare workers. Pray for you know, our soldiers and things like that. And as he gets older, then obviously I can approach it a little differently. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all we can do. That's all you can do. And these kids are aware. Like Destiny, you know, I didn't really get a chance to sit down with her and talk to her about the coronavirus when it all popped off. Mm-hmm. Um, So then like one day we were in a car and I was driving her to my parents' house and she's like, oh, coronavirus ruined everything. <laughs> I'm like, what do you know about the coronavirus? <laughs> 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 like what you know about that because she be in her phone well she yeah she does have a phone she's in her phone or she's on her tablet she's looking at youtube mm-hmm. and you know i got all these settings to protect her from things but you know the kid's gonna find a way to discover what's happening so she was like yeah mom the coronavirus got us home uh, i'm like oh Okay. Sometimes I don't think we account for how smart our kids are because they have so much more than what we had yeah <laughs> completely like the whole world is at their fingertips and i'm sure seven get his little hands on a on a, a tablet or a phone and he's gonna start swiping like okay. he already know what he's doing he's, he's getting to it he has this little baby laptop he has <laughs> cell phone he doesn't want nothing to do with it though because it doesn't do what mommy's phone does uh okay <laughs> he's like give me the real thing he's stop playing mom here <laughs> I tried that. It's funny now that you're saying that. I tried that with Destiny. She used to always want to be in my phone, so I gave her like a fake phone and it entertained her for like two seconds and she was just like be reaching for my phone. Like, uh-uh. This ain't doing nothing. I ain't doing nothing. I want the real thing. Um, so, so let's kind of move on to something a little bit more lighter. <laughs> so, it's got a little deep on us. So what's the best part about being a mom right now for you? Like, what do, what do you love the most? Oh my gosh, the the thing that I love the most is that with everything going on, um, you know, children are pure. They they mm-hmm. haven't experienced anything the world hasn't gotten to them. So being a mom is just awesome just to look at my child and know that he hasn't been <laughs> tainted. Yes, <laughs> in any type of way. And you know, he's whatever happiness he shows is genuine pure happiness. Mm-hmm. And that just gives me hope. So that's the best part about being a mom. Like, Lord knows what the future holds, but it all belongs to him. Yeah. Him so cute. Him so stinking cute. 
Shout out to us for making these cute kids. I know. They so cute. child. Well, I say this. Um, I do miss the baby stage. I miss the cuteness. I miss the innocence. And like my kid is six. And she's still innocent in many ways, but <laughs> she's too daggone grown for my taste. <laughs> well, that is definitely your child. <laughs> that's my child she's just such a she's such a smart ass so like what I get what I get a kick out of is like the way she talks because yeah. she's so much smarter than I expect her to be sometimes and she'll just like hit me with something like a one-liner and I'm like where did that come from like who are you so <laughs> she always keeps me on my toes um yeah, so that's what I love about Destiny. Um, I will say I I kind of do, you know, after seeing Seven, I kind of do want a boy one day. Oh but girls God. are fun. I'll say that. Like, and that's the thing with a boy, I can kind of just let him go. Like, to be a boy, it's okay. You don't have to get super dressed up. Throw on mm-hmm. something cool. But, you know, I'm a girl. I like to get dressed up. So it would be nice to dress up a little girl. <laughs> One day in the future. Could be, could be something, little pink duster wine, sun blue mine. <laughs> Blow some glitter my way. I'll do what I can. Uh, so let's talk about some of the challenges. So, and you, you got a baby. So what has been some challenges that you've experienced now that you're a new mom? Um, Let's see. There have been, there's so many, there are so many challenges because it's just a whole new life. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's so, talk about that. Let's talk about that. Just in general, the the whole thing with just finding the appropriate time to do all the things that you did before. Um, just trying to make room for your life, your life, like mm-hmm. taking care of somebody else. So, um, even simple things. I mean, I've gotten a lot better, but even simple things like taking a shower. <laughs> Good luck with that. Okay. It was like really hard, um, but it, it got better over time. Um, and right now, I'm trying to find the time for other relationships, like mm-hmm. my friendships, um, because at this point, he's eight months. So, you know, I, I'm still breastfeeding, but not as much. He would typically, if it weren't for the pandemic, he would be in daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like I, I can't in uh, this darn pandemic you can't go nowhere okay. <laughs> um, but that's the other thing so a lot of people like a lot of my friends they don't really have you know too much going on as far as a family life so they're okay with going out they can kind of risk risk it all I, I can't mm-hmm. risk it all right now um, yeah you got a baby. Yeah, it's really tough. It's really tough. I got a baby, and I'm trying to not get sick at the same time. Yeah, because once you get sick, then he gets sick, then the rest of the house gets sick, and it's just. Right. But I'm still, I'm still, I say that to say I'm still trying to make room for that in my life, um, which is kind of hard to do at a time like this. Yeah. You really show up physically, and um, if I, I guess not everybody has the same. Um, goals. Obviously, if your friends don't have children, they they care about different things. Like we're mm-hmm. gonna care about two different things. So it's definitely a transition. Yeah, I will give you the credit though, Jordan. You know, before you had a baby, you were still a very understanding friend of 
like my lifestyle and working around my schedule, like, oh, let's go out. And you're like, oh, well, let me make sure it's the weekend where I don't have destiny. And that's something that you always understood and like empathize with. Because some friends just be like, oh, girl, just, you know, get a babysitter. Like, no, I can't just pick any old body to watch my baby. Like, exactly. First of all, I don't even want anybody watching my baby. I would just <laughs> my baby 24-7, actually, you know? Oh my goodness. You just saying like, uh-uh, he going to be here. He's mine. I'm not letting him out of my sight. I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> I'm not ready. Maybe I'm just not ready. Oh gosh. So have you gotten a chance to drop him off to daycare before all this happened? No, I actually, oh. I went on leave. Um, obviously I had my four months of leave and then, um, I, I had been following the coronavirus through Reddit since Jan since January, just about. So okay. um, I was supposed to go back to work at the end of January. I actually right. ended it because I heard about this crazy virus. <laughs> and I was like, okay. you know, let me just spend a little bit more time home. I'm not too comfortable. Um, I really hadn't found a daycare anyway. Mm -hmm. And then I think I went back for two weeks and then I, I extended my leave again because the virus got crazier. Mm. And um then next thing you know, while I was on leave, everything started shutting down. And I was like, okay, well, if I can work from home, I'll do that. That's That'll work. Um, I don't have to worry about daycare. Um, so I never really got the chance to drop him off there, see what that was like, um, unfortunately. And then right now he's eight months, so I would like him to, you know, get social with other babies and mm -hmm. like that. So it's kind of, it, it's a little unfortunate. It's, I guess it's bittersweet. Yeah. I will say when the day comes, brace yourself because you're, you're going to be in your car crying after you drop him off. Right. <laughs> yes. I believe it. Because I, I dropped off Destiny for the first time. She was five months and I dropped her off and I was cool. Like, I was cool. I dropped her off, handed her over. Okay, bye, baby. See you when I get off work. Child, as soon as I got in that car, the tears started. Rolling down my face, I was like, mm -hmm. I've trusted her to strangers. And I, at work that day, I just kept looking at the clock, like, is it is it four thirty? Can I go get my baby? <laughs> you don't understand how stressed I was about daycare. Like, I don't even know how you were able to get over it. Um, like, I, how long had it been to like until you got to a point of being okay with her being in daycare? I think it was okay after the first day. Like when I came in and I saw her and she was just happily like gurgling and playing with toys. And her teacher at the time was this really nice lady and she was cool. She was actually a little bit older than me. I don't know. I, I just felt very comfortable. And she's been at that daycare since she was five months old and she's about to be seven. So yeah. um, I think it's important to just be comfortable, you know, go to the facility, look at all the reviews, get to know the staff, and then you make your decision. So, yeah, yeah. I was I was good. And I mean, but then you also miss some things. Like I've missed her first steps because I was at work. But when I came to pick her up, the teachers are like, oh my gosh, she took her first step. Look. And they like got destiny and she started walking towards me. So they made me feel like I didn't miss anything. So right. no, mom guilt, that mom guilt is so real. And so real. It's so real. And it can be the smallest things. Like my, I'm around my baby a lot of the times. And then when he goes around his dad and they have like I hear him in the other room laughing and screaming. And I'm like, oh, what am I missing? 
<laughs> all because I gotta wash these dishes real quick. Or, or working. Like working from home is the worst. I mean, it's awesome like to be home and comfortable, uh-huh. but you still feel like you're missing out on so much and being so neglectful. Mm, yeah. Right there and you just are ignoring them because you have to type or call or whatever. Yeah, I will say it's it's really amplified because um, I've been working from home since March the 9th. So we're going on three months now. And Destiny just goes in her room and I feel bad because she's in that room all day by herself. You know, she'll come down to eat get grab a snack or whatever the case may be but like she really can't bother me like I I really don't have that type of job where I can kind of step away I have to kind of be on the entire day and it's I feel bad and I, I know sometimes I let off on her because she's coming downstairs and I'm dealing with something like really important I'm like Destiny go upstairs and I feel bad but at the same time it's like I gotta mommy gotta work <laughs> yeah, gotta get it done and we can't not we can't have mommy without a job basically pretty much so. your your princess room wouldn't be a princess room if i couldn't make money yeah. so <laughs> we gotta get this done <laughs> so, that being said, feel, so I, feel, I feel i felt every ounce of what you just said because uh, you know what i'm saying she over here like what you doing like girl go upstairs and mind your business go go we'll play with some slime <laughs> And that's where I'm, I get so stuck because I'm like, am I doing too much? Because I still try to take little breaks to change diapers and, you know, feed them. And then I'm like, am I doing too much? Because this this wouldn't happen if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic. No. So am, I, am I now providing too much mommy time? Like, It's a balance and you have to kind of have to find the middle ground there. Um, how is all this, like the fact that we're all home, so we're all in the same household, you're working, you're a mom, you're in a relationship. How has the relationship part been for you as far as like being together in such close proximity on a regular basis? Has that made you guys stronger? Do you appreciate each other more? Um, I feel like in ways it's gotten stronger and then in other ways, other pieces of the relationship, um, you know, have been neglected and not to say Mm -hmm. that it's a bad, you know, situation or whatever, but since having a baby, I think both of our roles have been solidified. Like I'm mommy, I'm daddy. Um, but then we're still trying to find ourselves within that. So I still need my me time and he's Mm -hmm. still his time. And, um, (laughs) it's, it's just, it's difficult trying to explore that, but we're trying to allow each other that time. Um, okay. Like right now I've been, I started this whole new like meditation thing and mm-hmm. affirmations, speaking affirmations, positive affirmations. And I really try to set aside the time to just meditate and give myself some silence and Aww. stillness. Um, but he allowed, he, we had that conversation, you know, eventually, you know how things get, you, you bump heads and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. what's going on? And I'm frustrated. I'm upset. And you realize what each other need. And so we came to an agreement he's like, okay, you take your time at this time, do what you got to do. And I kind of do the same for him. Um, but I will say on 
the downside as far mm-hmm. as having a baby, like the sex life gets a little rocky. <laughs> Ain't a lot of that. Cause you're like, I'm tired. <laughs> like I feel gross. <laughs> so in the beginning, that's what it was. Like in the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm gross. I haven't taken a shower. I'm not even thinking about a shower. So I'm not thinking about even having sex. <laughs> um, but now like as time is going by, I'm starting to feel like my old self again. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was in that place. I was in the, I felt dirty place. Like, and in my case, we both, and you know what? We both had C-sections. You had a C-section too, right? Yes. Yeah. Watch out. Yeah. Ain't no one trying to poke you when, oh, when you got, when you've been ripped in half. Everything to heal, come together as one. No, no interruptions. That's exactly how I was. Ucha, let's so talk how about after, how long after having a baby though did you have sex? Um, I waited my eight weeks. I was not playing <laughs> them stitches. <laughs> so you eight weeks? That's that's how long you waited. Yes, ma'am. I was not playing. No, I was like good because I waited way longer than that. Like I was not. Oh, you were like, I'm healed, but I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I think it mm. probably took me a good two months. Oh, no, child. three months. Three, no, three months. Three. A good three, three months. months. No, three months was what? Eight weeks? That is eight weeks. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe so, you, got you got mom brain. It's all right. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> But like, so tell me about that. Let's talk about your birthing story. So I, I'll talk, talk about yours and I'll talk about mine. Cause I don't know if all I know is that we both had C-sections, but I don't think I ever got the full story on seven and how he came about. And what tell happened. Me about that. Yeah. So, tell me about that. So pretty much, um, I was due, what was my due date? The 14th and my due date came and went, mm-hmm. I was still pregnant. So <laughs> went to the doctors like up until then my cervix was still you know normal hadn't really thinned out nothing nothing was really happening to Mm -hmm. you know labor was about to happen um but after my due date came I had an appointment for um what do you call it the the picture thing um ultrasound ultrasound yes um had an appointment for an ultrasound and pretty much when I got there, they were checking to see how much fluid was around the baby. They had to measure mm-hmm. for the appropriate amount of fluid. Um, but they had scheduled me to induce that same Sunday. This was Friday. I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, as they were measuring, they couldn't measure. They didn't measure enough fluid. So it was either it wasn't enough fluid or the baby was just too big to where, you know, they couldn't get the measurements correctly or accurately, I'll say. So. Right. Because there wasn't enough measurement, they pretty much said, oh, you got to go to the hospital now. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I had just left work. You know, the hospital is right by our old job. So I had not gone over right away, went to the hospital, was like, I guess this is happening. I was kind of upset. I didn't feel like it was anything was happening. Um, So pretty much um, I wanted to wait because... My first doctor told me that my due date was the 20th of September. Mm-hmm. And I switched doctors. And when I switched doctors, that's when they told me my due date was the 14th. So at oh. this point, I'm thinking, 
should we really be, you know, in a tizzy about this right now? Maybe we should give it some more time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what was going through my mind. But um, the doctor finally got there and she kind of explained to me, you know, you can't have a dry birth and we got to get things going because the baby can't be in distress. So I went along with the idea of um, inducing labor. I, I wanted it to be as natural as possible. Okay. But they we decided to go with the Foley bulb okay. to start off. Um, so they pretty much uh, made it seem like they were breaking my water. They broke my water artificially. Mm-hmm. Um, the contractions came. So I was like, awesome. And then I had <laughs> dilated about four centimeters. Um, and that was it. I never dilated any further. So... Yeah, and it was nighttime, so I wasn't as active as I think I should have been. Um, I was kind of, like, tired. I was dealing with the contractions, but I was tired. I was just like, I'd rather sleep through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they ended up giving me Benadryl, um, and I think they gave me they gave me some medicine that was um, by a needle. I don't know what it was. Couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. But... Um, so pretty much I'm in labor overnight. I'm in labor for about 24 plus hours. And the midwife, and first of all, I, I hated my midwife. The oh. mid- yeah, I had never met her. Um, She was very robotic in the way she spoke to me. Um, Like, I didn't feel like a human being. I felt like a number. And I just didn't think she cared about my birth plan at all. Um, mm. Yes. And then like my, even my doctor, like that was my first time actually meeting my doctor. Every time I go to my doctor, I'm with a different, you know, practitioner or whatever. So this was my first time actually seeing my doctor and seeing my, my, with the midwife that was helping me that day. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So pretty much um, she comes in and she's like, you know, you're, the baby's heart rate is going down. And at this point we, we have to give you an emergency C-section. And I'm like, who are you talking to? First of all, not <laughs> um, <my> plan. <laughs> yeah, and just because, you know, where I was, I was in pain, you know, I was stressed. My boyfriend really tried to advocate for me. Um, there was even a small argument in the room because he's like, you know, Black women in America aren't really mm-hmm. taken seriously when it comes to giving birth. And there's so many articles and information out there that show that hospitals and doctors or whatever are pretty much just roping women into C-sections. And yeah. a lot of it isn't necessary. So his whole thing was, is this necessary <laughs> to have this baby? And given all of the medicine that they gave me, the heart rate was going to go down. Like that was part of the plan (laughs) that they they did that yeah so it was kind of like you guys had this plan for me to have a c-section today and you knew that's not what I wanted to do at all so um either way I I was at the point where I was kind of done with it it had been over 24 hours and I was like I just want to meet my baby so I went along with it I did cry I was I was so but I just went in um they gave me a spinal tap so it's pretty much just the needle you know in the bottom of my back um and then the baby was here within like 10 minutes I was like oh my gosh she's here (laughs) everything happens so fast um but I didn't like feel anything um 
I was upset though. I only saw the baby for like two minutes. Two seconds. for like five hours. But yeah, wow. that, was, that was the worst. I was going through it. That is like so I always I've always known about the level of care afforded to black women and it hasn't always been up to par. And maybe I just happen to be lucky in my situation because I mean, and I totally believe like all my friends, they've kind of had bad experiences at hospitals. They'd rather just do it at home or it's always been a complaint. And I didn't necessarily feel that way when I went to the hospital. Um, I did have a beef with my doctor because I kept telling him my back was hurting and I'd rather not work. And I wanted to start my maternity leave a little bit early to give myself time to prep, you know, being at a desk all day isn't good for you. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, you can push through, you can push through, you can push through. So I hated him for that. But outside of that, (laughs) he was a good doctor to me. Um, But the day I kind of actually had my daughter on Father's Day and I had already been in the hospital the week before because I was dehydrated. Um, And they gave me like an IV and sent me home. So I was home that weekend and I felt really strong. There were Braxton hip hip contractions. They weren't real contractions, but they were really, really strong. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going to the hospital. My mom took me. Uh, Destiny's dad was working. And we just figured they would give me the IV and send me home. But the fetus was in distress. The heart rate was too high. And I was also dehydrated again. And then they're like, we feel like you're going to the early stages of labor, but you probably won't have the baby for 24 hours. And at the rate that this baby's heart rate is going, we just want to get her out. Mm. So I just went with it. Um, my doctor wasn't there. <laughs> he was, I think he had another birth in Jersey. So he couldn't, he wasn't there. But the staff that dealt with me were so kind, so understanding. Um, by that point, Destiny's dad was in the room with me. They said, you know, who's going to go you know, in the OR with you, he's not good with blood. So my mom <laughs> ended up going with me. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked me through everything. I had a nurse sitting next to me, like just comforting me, holding my hand, telling me it was going to be okay. They, um, you know, the, the anesthesiologist that came in to give me my spinal tap was really nice to me and just talked me through it. So I just felt like I was cared for. Mm-hmm. Um and I wasn't separated from Destiny, actually. You know, once I, I gave birth and I, well, they took her out of me and I saw her. I was, like, in tears. They let me, like, look at her. And then, I don't know if you experienced this, but I felt like a whale. Like. <laughs> just laying there on the table. Yeah, just laying there on the table, like, arms stretched out. Yeah, and then when they had to clean you. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst part. When they cleaned you and they turned you. And then they. Girl. Oh my gosh, I felt the same exact <laughs> way. I was like, I can't do anything, and y'all just throwing me from side to side, packing me in, and I, it, it, it's a lot. I felt like Shamu. I felt like Free Willy the way they was moving me around on that thing. Free Willy, <laughs> free me. So, and I didn't have a name actually. I didn't have a name for Destiny. I, I so she wasn't. She was just baby. You know, she was. Aww. So there was no name for her. Um, but they put me. They put her in my arms, and they wheeled me into like the recovery room. Or I think I guess it was like not triage, but after the fact, before they took you to your regular rooms. Like I said, it's recovery. And um, they're like, they made me try to lift my butt a few times. Couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
they pressed on my stomach, you know, did all that nice stuff. And then eventually, like, I think I could lift my butt a little bit. So they let me go to the recovery. And I named Destiny for like a day or two. And they're like, you know, you got to name this baby. I was like, I, I don't know what's a name. <laughs> Actually, though, I think you have time. Like, I think you have a lot more time than they say you have. Yeah, I think the nurses was just like, we want to make like a little bulletin, like welcome the baby and put the name on there. So they're like, you know, you got named this baby, right? I'm like, fine. So me and her dad agreed on a name Destiny um, because Destiny was planned, but she wasn't. Like we we had the situation where we conceived her and they were like, oh, crap, we really could make a baby. Never mind. And then we went and got plan B. <laughs> but that's and then she came. Yeah, then she came regardless. So, um, Destiny. Destiny. Uh, that's so what... beautiful. Uh, thank you. Mm. So is Seven. He's like adorable. He has like those cheeks. He's so yummy. Can I just, can you say that about a baby? <laughs> yeah, it is insane. Thank you. But I actually, we took forever to give him his name. Like, I think that we named him the day we were leaving. Okay. <laughs> And I was in there like three or four days. Um, but yeah, I was like, we we were always seeing the number seven. Like we see the number seven everywhere. Mm-hmm. And seven is like the number of completion, you know? Um, so like when you think about the seventh day being holy and, um, you know, God creating everything in seven days, it's just pretty cool number seven and I was like and he sent from heaven so I'll spell Aww. it A-V-E-N seven um, love it he's awesome yeah, it's, it's meaningful and he's your baby boy I don't know I just think being a mother brings like just joy to your life that it's just it's totally different than anything else you can experience like it's I, like I a can't. permanent joy yeah like, permanent joy that can't be taken away even though you have you know your moments of ups and downs it's like a solidified joy and uh legacy and it's like nothing can take that away yeah and just to know that you have someone that loves you no matter what like Mm. they love you you are their person you are everything okay you are Yeah, I mean, my daughter, she, you know, she's a little older now, so she says she needs breaks from me, you know, because now that we've been cooped up in the house so long, she's like, "Ah, I need a break from you. I need to go to grandma's. You said what now? Social distancing, mom. She did. She's like, I need a break. Can I go to grandma's for the night? And I'm just like, you little stinker. But... But before she goes, you know, before I go, she'll be like, mommy, and she'll like give me a hug, and then she won't let me leave her alone. She'll just keep hugging on me, and I'm like, I thought she needed a break. Mm-hmm. Oh, one last hug. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, here, bye. So, <laughs> so it, it, it's just something I would never like trade in or exchange. It's just I, I love being a mom. Um, I love I just love having that little person, that little extension to me, mm-hmm. walking around in this world, driving me crazy. Nothing like it. Nothing. So, do you think? Um, so now you're kind of adjusting when things reopen. Maybe when you start going back to in the office, whenever that happens. Um, how do you think you're going to be able to balance it all? Oh, my gosh. I don't know how I'm going to be able to balance it all. I'm secretly hoping that you maybe all of these corporations say, why is it necessary for everybody to be at work, <laughs> you know? Um, but 
<laughs> I don't know how I'm going to balance everything. I'm, I feel like I'm just taking it a day at a time, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that I have an answer for that. Because from day to day, it's different. And then, like, I don't know what to expect in this. I really don't know what to expect. Um, yeah. But I, I'm going to try. Like, I'm, I'm trying to be aware and conscious of like I said for the relationships in my life I'm trying to be conscious of everybody and their feelings and who they are in my life and why they're in my life um so I've been doing a little you know reevaluating just everything and myself um and just how I'm gonna approach that because and then I'm factoring in how everybody is approaching me at this time because yeah support as well um but it, it just puts a lot of things into perspective. Um, okay. But I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I, I don't know how. <laughs> how okay. You know? Because you seem to do a good job. Like, you have you have your friends. You still have a good time. Like, you have a dating life. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know how I've done it. I just, I've always kind of, like, been a, an adjuster and an adapter. So whatever I get put in, I just kind of move that way. And... That's just how it was. And it's funny because you were actually part of my of my um my journey as far as being more myself. Mm. Because I had Destiny at 23. I think I met you around that time I was like 25, 26. So I was still like a new mom. I was very consumed with mom life and just taking care of my baby. And at the time I was like in my relationship, but I was kind of on the way out mm. of it. And um you know, it was just work and home and baby, work, home and baby. And then there was no, there was nothing outside of that. No. So I remember I saw you and I was like, I'm gonna make her my friend. And here we are. <laughs> here we are. But it's so crazy how, you know, I can be, I could be that for you, but you were something else for me. Like, because here I am, I'm a little, I think a little older than you, not a lot. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I've had this whole, like, up until now, you know, I've gone to college, I've lived the party life, like, I've, yeah. I've done a lot of things, and I was like, darn, like, what do I have to show for? Like, yeah, I'm in a relationship, I'm not married, like, I'm about to be 30, you know, I'm looking at you, and I'm like, wow, like, she's holding her sh- down, like, she has a job, her daughter is well taken care of, like, she has friends, like, she still enjoys her life, and then yeah. on that watching you make that decision like in your personal life as far as your relationship was inspiring because it's like and with everything going on you can still make a solid decision for yourself and your family and your daughter and like that's big so like it it's just so dope how as women we can do that be something for each other right yeah yeah and it works out I mean me and her dad are great co-parents uh we are better apart and destiny's better for it and i that's another thing and i just think growing up in more of a traditional family like my parents were married then they had kids you know they had this kind of like picture perfect lifestyle and i did everything backwards in some ways um but i found a way to put myself back together but you know a big part of me staying in my relationship was because i wanted my kid to have a two-parent household right but she still has two parents, you know, we, you know, she still spends a good amount of time with her dad every other weekend, you know, one night out of the week, she's always with her dad. If he has extra time, can I come get her? Um, so, you know, she still has a fulfilling balanced life. It's not what I 
necessarily want it, but I'd much rather us all be happy separate <laughs> than <laughs> in <you>. chaos. <laughs> Definitely. Like we, it's like you want to raise children who don't have to deal with their, you know, the consequences of their childhood. So it's like, what, what is it worth? Like what's more important and you made that decision. That's awesome. And I, I think about that a lot, like expectations you have for your life mm-hmm. um, on your childhood experience and comparing that to your actual reality as an adult. <laughs> it's like, yeah. um, you know, I don't know. Like for me, I was I was raised in a single parent you know, household, my mm-hmm. mom, just me and my mom. Now I did see my dad, um, but my dad had his own issues. My parents were divorced. And um, so growing up, like before I had a baby, I just always had it in my mind. Like it's possible that I may be a single mom. Like mm-hmm. that's, that could be my reality. So that's why I always said, oh, I'll probably wait till 30. That's when my mom had kids, but I also know, or that's when my mom had me. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, I know she was able to take care of me. She was successful. You know, I was taken care of. I was still able to get the things that I wanted. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I look. I, I was looking at life like, oh, my goodness, I'm not married. Um, but, you know, I still want to have a kid. Like, that's not going to stop me from right. fulfilling a dream in my life just because I'm not married, you know? Yeah. Everyone does things in their own time and they're you know, what works for them. So, I mean, my, it's, my parents were surprisingly, like once they started seeing me as a mother, they kind of let off a little bit. Because uh, when I told my parents I was pregnant, my mom was like, why is God punishing me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's not a good start to uh <laughs> No, that's what um my boyfriend pretty much said to me he, when I was pregnant. He was like, "You know, this pretty much means that your mom and dad know you're know you're fucking." I was like, <laughs> "I'm an adult. <laughs> it's gonna happen." Can you not say that. Like, let's just with me being pregnant, and that's it. I mean, it's kind of funny that we're like we're growing up. Like, our parents know we're having sex. Like, they but we feel like we can't tell them. You know, yes, it's a weird conversation. Uh, like, uh, it's a weird conversation. I don't know. Like, did you did you and your parents like talk about sex? Was that a conversation? That um, my mom is very conservative, and it's not that she doesn't talk about sex. It's just not something she would ever focus on or talk about. But my dad's a therapist, so we talked about everything. <laughs> Put it on the table. Sometimes put it on the table. Like when I was five, he showed me a diagram of the vagina and how a penis gets inserted. Like I all knew where babies came from when I was five. When I was 10, I got my period. So he told me about that. He also told me you can now get pregnant. He told me oral sex is still sex. And I'm like, what's that? And he had to explain to me, you know, the concept of pleasing people. And so, so I've always you know, I've always been known. Um, now that I'm older, you know, I'm not going to talk about getting it in around my dad. I like to mess with him though. Like, um, <laughs> like I went to the draft a few years back and I'm like, daddy, I'm about to be chose. He's like, please stop. <laughs> please stop. <laughs> or I'll like pretend to be humping something like daddy, I'm about to get it in. He's oh, like, please. Yeah. So I, I think my mom was like the same way. She was really conservative and like we only talked about things as they came up. 
I, right um at that point if if I was asking questions she was willing to give me the answers but it wasn't like a sit down and hey so let me tell you about right. it. it was kind of like oh this is what's going on or this is something I heard today mom what the hell is this like <laughs> Well, it's something versus some parents don't talk about it at all. So in taking this approach, since you have a, you have a boy, um, what, what you going to do? Who's going to have to talk with seven? That's, is it going to be Tone? Is it going to be you? You're going to do it together? <laughs> I, I, I see. And knowing in the way that I was raised, I think, and especially with knowing Tone and his personality versus mine, I think mm. it's important that he gets it from both of us. Like, okay learn <laughs> I'm sorry I can just imagine this talk right now go ahead oh my god I haven't even thought about this before you do this um but yeah like you need to get information from your father as far as being a man how you know how you take care of yourself and how you approach things but you also need to know from a woman's perspective you know what we expect and things like that or you, you just need to know it from both sides um yeah absolutely I feel like that'll temper it it'll give a good balance you know he'll get like the reality from dad but then from mom is like but you know you have to treat women well you know we're people too you got you gotta add that so he has a balance he ends up not being a a fuck boy which is nobody wants that (laughs) thing I feel like if you can speak to experiences like that's everything some I mean there are obviously going to be things that your kids listen to and things that they don't listen to but just at least putting it out there will give them the thought like, oh, this could happen. This is a possibility. This could be a major consequence. Like, so, and you know, Tone has his own life and sexual experiences and so do I that um, we can both speak to, but I think both aspects are important. uh, Yeah. So. Absolutely. I don't know if I want Destiny's dad talking to her about (laughs) stuff. (laughs) I don't know about that one. I feel like he's because you think about it, like you said, your dad is a therapist. And so, I mean, I don't know about his experiences, but he's able to speak to it with knowledge. So, and you were able to make decisions in life based on knowing those things. So I think it's all bad. I'm more so concerned about his approach. Um, I think (laughs) I'm, because like I even now we're very open you know we've talked about good touch bad touch um you know there's there has been a time where I you know I caught her examining herself or exploring herself I didn't shame her I'm like hey it's your body yeah I'm sure it feels good uh you know do what you gotta do just make sure it's in your room (laughs) like (laughs) I don't want to see that shit (laughs) yeah keep that in your room you know on the bath you know in your bedroom whatever you gotta do just don't just pull it out. I mean, she don't have anything to pull out, but you know what I mean? Don't just pull your pants down and get t- touching on yourself in the middle of the living room. That's a private thing for yourself. Um, <laughs> I'm, I hope Destiny never hears this. <laughs> so uh, we've done that. Um, her dad is just, he was one of, he was a fuck boy. So um, I think when he had Destiny, it kind of like shook him a little bit because he realized the things that he was doing to women and even to, you know, me as his girlfriend at the time, that might happen to his child. So he's very, at this stage in the game, he's ultra conservative when it comes to her, like all about sheltering her, doesn't want her, you know, he doesn't, she's a girl, boys are yucky. And I'm more so like, no, boys are cute. You know, boys are fun. 
Mm-hmm. you're too young right now but there will be a time when you like boys and yeah. we should talk about it it shouldn't be like boys are forbidden that's how she ends up pregnant so stuff, yeah so let's take that approach um so i think it's uh he's a little bit more on the extreme end of things right now and i'm more so open like well, let's take you to the ob when you're like 16 17 let's make sure you have right. what you need in case you are doing this that you're protected right. um I'd much prefer she wait till she gets married or gets a little bit older, but you know, kids are kids. They're going to do what they want. I just hope that I give her the tools in order to manage it. Um, so yeah, that's basically parenting in a nutshell. <laughs> in a nutshell. So how is, how's like co-parenting? Cause I, I don't know how that is. Like how, do how co-parenting? Um, we just basically, like, me and him have always been really good friends, so that never changed. We just we just weren't right for each other in a relationship capacity. Um, so when he moved out, and we never really lived together like that. You know, I always basically raised Destiny by myself. But there was a time when he, he, would, he would stay with me for a couple months, and then we would fight, and he would leave. So it wasn't very stable. Oh. Um, but the last time he moved out, we just decided, like, okay, this is our schedule. We're going to stick to it. Um, in the beginning, we didn't talk to each other outside of like destiny, just to kind of give each other time to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, once we got past the hurt, we're fine. You know, we have moments where we argue, we don't see eye to eye, but um, you know, she's our priority. So whatever we got going on, whether we agree with each other or not, she's the important thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as long as you have a schedule, you you stick to that schedule. But you can also be flexible. You know, if he wanted to go out and he asked me to watch Destiny, I'm not going to be a bitch and be like, no, you can't watch her. I mean, no, I'm not going to watch her. No, okay, no problem. I'll keep her for the night. It's an extra night for me. That's fine. And he's very flexible. You know, anytime I wanted to travel, if I wanted to go away from my birthday, oh, have fun. I'll keep her. So mm-hmm. um, in that capacity, I am blessed when it comes to him. Schedule. I am over here taking notes, Okay. yeah just stick to your schedule but be open to be flexible be understanding of one another and I try not to let's say he's upset about something I for the most part try not to escalate it further like I always Mm -hmm. think it's best to take the high road Mm -hmm. when it comes especially if I'm more of a he's more of an impulsive explosive type of person I'm a little bit more laid back so not to say that I'm the more mature person, but I'm the one that holds the cards. So if he's in a place where he's not thinking logically and he's kind of in his feelings, the best thing for me to do is to leave him alone and not meet him at his level because that's bad for Destiny. Destiny don't need to see her parents arguing on the phone. Yeah. I'll just step away. for the solution and the argument is not that right and it's it's not about being right like i think that's once i got past that it's about the i'm I'm so worried about being right that was why we were always getting into it i stopped worrying about being right i just started worrying about what's best for her so when i came to him with a place of look i'm not trying to argue with you i you know i'm not trying to be right here i just want what's best for destiny what can we do to make sure she's good and he heard that versus me accusing him of stuff or saying he's not good enough or whatever the case may be when we were angry with each other Mm. so yeah. Um, so yeah, once you get past that, it's pretty much a cakewalk. We have no issues, you know. I could imagine. I mean, I'm still exploring it. Obviously, you know, my boyfriend he he lives with me in seven. So I I we don't really. I mean, we co-parent obviously because we're here together as, mm-hmm. as parents. 
but um i I've, i'm still navigating the whole like one having different perspectives you know yeah. and it's like sometimes you feel so strongly and i find that a lot of times that i'll just say forget it forget this argument and i'll just take matters into my own hands <laughs> and um, you know that's awesome and it's like okay i'll do that but then it's like i need a break sometimes and then sometimes i'm running myself into the ground trying to just take the reins myself so yeah. i'm still trying to explore that whole yeah. idea it's still new for you guys like you guys have been a couple for a long time but you haven't been parents together <laughs> for a long time you know with your own kid that was with you all the time it takes adjusting um but definitely getting the I'm right thing out of the way yeah and just think about the child and what's best for the child I feel like that makes things a thousand times better yeah. um because like, that's when they're willing to hear you oh I'm sorry go ahead I'm just like don't get it confused like seven is my main joy now like, <laughs> so and that's another thing, um, navigating that as far as them realizing they're not number one anymore. Like, mm. I'm sorry. I really don't care about you. <laughs> like, she's she's my priority. Like, you're like, eh, you know, you're cool or whatever, but eh, yeah. it's about and her now. So funny. I think about that because I hear um, married people talk and they always say, like, God, your husband, and then your family i always hear that order and i wonder if they feel that way because maybe they were married before they had kids or I, I don't know but me personally i just feel like the baby comes first before yeah. me you everybody yeah kids come first and I, I mean my parents are good at that i mean they were a team don't get it wrong my parents were a team they were a united front but when it comes to their needs, the kids were first. Me and my brother were the number one priority. Now, let's say me and my brother were wilding out against one of my parents. Of course, they're going to team up against us. But it was never like like this whole dumb argument I see online with um, if you're the woman and you're serving dinner, who gets the first plate, the man or the kid? Yeah, like, what? Every, everybody gets their food at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, who's, who's on this power trip of... Who who is the most important in the household? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like a child can't fend for themselves, therefore they are the priority. And then obviously when your kids are older, they've left the nest, then you and your husband or you and your wife or whatever, you guys are each other's priority. But while you're raising kids, I just I don't I, I don't get the concept of putting the spouse well, first. Yeah, yeah. I don't get that either. But but we, we agree on that. <laughs> well, I mean, we're getting close to the end of this hour. I can't believe it's been an hour I've been talking about this. We should. We can. We should do another episode. But I'm going to stop us here because I'm sure we have more to come. Um, Jordan, just if you want, share your socials with us so we can follow you. Definitely. So I am on um, Instagram as just be underscore jordan and i'm gonna say it out just so you can get it that's j-u-s-t-e-e -E underscore jordan j-o-r-d-a-n and you can find me on instagram there 
Perfect. And I am Angelica underscore the cool blurred on Instagram. Don't forget to follow us at Black Girl Nerds um, on Twitter, at Black Girl Nerds on IG, and at BGN Podcast. And it was great talking. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. We can definitely do this again. Definitely. Thank you for having me on here. And if anybody has any questions, feel free to reach out. Thank you so much, though. Yes. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Bye. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.